First of all, I would like to uh, bring greetings from the Assembly in Bangor, Northern Ireland, the Central Hall Assembly, from which we have been commended to the work some 46 years ago, to the work in Brazil. And uh, we want to thank you for your kindness, hospitality, while we have been in your midst. Every time I come to Boulevard, it brings back memories of many years ago. Uh, our dear brother, departed brother, Don Gustafson and his wife, Ruth, showed us hospitality over the years. And uh, that's probably the reason why we have the connection here with Boulevard. And uh, our children have never uh, forgot the kindness of Billy Skelton when they were small. He bought them coats when we were coming from the Amazon, and uh, they have never forgotten that. Now they're all married, and we have 11 grandchildren, so time has passed. And uh, we always find Boulevard a little oasis as we move through to Brazil each time. Because of health reasons, we only spend a, a short time in Brazil. This time will be two months or so. And we've been doing that recently. My wife, Jean, who's with us has Parkinson's. She's had it for 16 years. I had heart surgery five years ago with quadruple bypass. So we're not as young as we used to be, but we try and do what we can in visiting the assemblies around the Manaus and Santarém areas. Uh, we have about 17 assemblies in the Santarém area, and there's a, a new work going on in the forest outside Manaus, 70 miles outside Manaus. And uh, on the 5th of September, we have a conference there. Last year, we saw some blessing. Some folks got saved at the conference. Just after we moved through here, we asked you to pray for it, and the Lord has answered prayer. We go back again on the 5th of September. You were asking about the anniversary. I have my sticker here. On the 5th of September, we celebrate 50 years marriage. So we'll be celebrating this year with the monkeys and the mosquitoes. <laughs> well, uh, just uh, recently I had some uh, thoughts on, on, on the end of uh, Luke's Gospel. And uh, I would like to read four verses, please, uh, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Luke's Gospel in chapter 24. I'll keep my eye on the, on the clock here. Missionaries have a, a habit sometimes of going over the time. <coughs> Luke chapter 24, and it says here that he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. That's all the way to read. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his own precious word. I'm sure we, all, we are all aware that uh, Luke's gospel uh, is the gospel of the man. Uh, Matthew would present the king. He would, God would say, Behold your king, 
And uh, we have there the uh, emphasis upon the kingdom and uh, the David as the, uh, the progenitor of, of the, the, the royal line. Mark's gospel, God says, Behold my servant. And there we see the Lord uh, immediately serving uh, with all his heart and mind. And uh, John's gospel, God says, Behold my son. And there we see the Lord's deity and the great uh, mystery revealed of the Lord uh, who has come from heaven. So in uh, Luke's gospel, God is saying, Behold the man. And uh, we, we start the gospel um, with uh, the Lord Jesus, and we find that there he is uh, being um, introduced by uh, Luke to uh, Theophilus, one of the noble people that Luke was associated with. Luke's name means light-giving, light-giving. And uh, we find that uh, Luke uh, is mentioned a number of times in the Bible as uh, the uh, servant and the, of the Lord and working with the Apostle Paul in his ministry. He's called the beloved physician. He's also uh, with Paul at the end of uh, Paul's journey. And uh, in, in Philippians chapter 24, we have his name mentioned as one of the fellow laborers. Luke's gospel is the gospel of joy, full of joy. As we go through the gospel, we see joy in the priesthood. And then we see joy in the womb. In chapter 1, verse 44, joy on earth, peace on earth, and goodwill. Joy in heaven over one sinner that repents, we find there in chapter 15. Joy amongst the angels. Joy at the resurrection. And uh, finally here, at the ascension, we see they return to Jerusalem with great joy. Wonderful thing that the uh, gospel ends with the stone being rolled away. And one of the things that was striking me recently uh, in Luke's gospel was these ladies who had followed from Galilee. They presumed that the stone was in front of the sepulchre. Presumption. And uh, we find that uh, um, Mary Magdalene was one of the ladies that was there. We know that there were some six Marys mentioned in the Bible. There was uh, Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus, uh, the husband of uh, Joseph. Uh, the, we find that they were wife of Joseph, my Portuguese is getting into my mind, <laughs> uh, Mary the sister of Lazarus and Martha. Uh, Mary took a, a pound of ointment of spikenard and she anointed the Lord. And we have Mary the, of Cleophas, the mother of James the less, Matthew 27, 56. Mary the mother of John Mark, we have her in Acts chapter 12, when they the, the, uh, Peter was free from the prison. He went to her home where they were praying. And uh, we have in Romans 16, amongst the 34 helpers that Paul mentions in Romans 16, 
We have another Merig, the Roman Christian who was greeted, greeted by the Apostle Paul. Mary of Magdala was one that was at the tomb. And uh, I mentioned the fact that they had an obstacle in their minds of presumption. They presumed that the Lord was still in the tomb. They presumed that the stone was in front of the sepulcher. And we find that as uh, we go through the, the chapter, we find that in chapter 24, we have the two on the road to Emmaus. And they presumed that he hadn't risen from the dead. And uh, this was bringing great anguish to the minds of the disciples and the apostles. And uh, we need to remember that sometimes we would presume things that brings anguish to our minds and hearts. I've been thinking recently that our news has been saturated with problems. Afghanistan and Syria. And as we look around and turn on the, the news and find out what the president is going to do and not to do uh, with these people, it's very, I believe, depressing. Very depressing. The two on the road to Emmaus were depressed. They were dejected. They were sort of full. And this chapter brings it out that uh, the Lord Jesus, he joined himself to these two who were thinking about their present problems. And they had presumed that he hadn't risen from the dead. They were sorrowful. There are things that in life that when we presume, probably the obstacles don't even exist. That happened in this, in this uh, chapter. And I, I have been thinking recently that uh, even when the Lord Jesus was with his parents as a young, as a young child, they presumed that he was with them. They presumed that his presence had gone with the, the great caravan of people who were moving back to Galilee from Jerusalem. They presumed that. And they had gone at a distance when they found out that he wasn't with them. Where did they find him? They found him in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And we find the Lord Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business. No, you not. And we find that uh, this presumption brings before us once again that the, the anguish that these two had because they thought that he was in their midst. You know, I'm, I, I'm sure we have all uh, looked at the, in the different occasions where the Lord Jesus has been in the midst. He's in the midst of the doctors in Luke chapter 2, learning of the principles and precepts for his life as a young man. We often read and we often mention the fact that in a gathering like this, he's in our midst. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst, the midst of the saints. In the midst of the doctors, he's sitting in their midst. In the midst of the saints, he's waiting. But then in the midst of the disciples, John 20, we find uh, 
we read there, in the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. What a day that was when they discovered that the one who had been laid in the tomb had risen from the dead. The stone had been rolled away and they were filled with joy. It says, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. In the book of Revelation, we find him walking. He's in the midst of the churches. In the midst of the churches. He's in the midst of the candlesticks. In chapter 5, he's in the midst of the throne. It says there, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and the midst of the elders stood the Lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth in all the earth. A little while before, he was in the midst of the thieves. He was hung on the cross. We've been remembering this morning his death and his resurrection. What a wonderful experience the disciples had when they found out the Lord had risen indeed. So this chapter in in Luke's Gospel brings before us the uh, joy that these disciples had when they lifted up their eyes and saw him. You know, the two on the road to Emmaus, they were leaving the company. They were depressed. They were dejected. And uh, when he joined with them, they told him their problem. Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not heard these things? How that he had promised to rise again from the dead? What a Bible reading that must have been. When the Lord Jesus started at Moses and going through all the prophecies, all the types and shadows, all the parallels and pictures of the tabernacle and all the offerings and so on in Leviticus. And step by step, he revealed unto them the things concerning himself. This chapter, I'm sure we're all aware that it is a chapter of open things. It starts with an open tomb. The open sepulchre. Then we have the open scriptures. The Lord Jesus opened unto them the scriptures. And these two, on the road to Emmaus, when they reached their dwelling, there was an open home for him. They invited him to stay. They told him it was late. And he went in to abide with them. Then we find at the breaking of bread, it says their eyes were open. Their eyes were open. You know, I often think that when he broke the bread, they must have saw them with signs, the, 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 the marks in his hands. doesn't say that. But since when he broke the bread, their eyes were open. He broke the bread. We find after that in verse number 45 of this chapter, it says, he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding. In this little section at the end of the chapter, 
it says he led them out as far as to Bethany. And there we see that the Lord Jesus, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Luke's gospel starts with a priest and ends with a priestly act that the Lord Jesus, those hands that had demonstrated so much blessing to thousands of people in Galilee and right down through to Jerusalem, these hands that had distributed so much and were nailed to the cross, these are the hands that are still blessing his people, the hands of the priest. Open hands. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for his all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? We always emphasize in Brazil that there are those who are with him, but also there are those who are without him. With him, all things. Without him, nothing. So we have the hands that were open in generosity, still open for his people and blessing his people as our great high priest. Then he was taken up, taken up into heaven, the open heavens. We look forward to that day when we will all be at home. What a glorious day as we sing at times that will be when we leave this scene of suffering, tears, pain, and all the things that go with this life of ours down here. One day we will go through the open heavens because he, as the forerunner, has been there. The open heavens. In verse 42, Uh, Sorry, verse 52, it says they worshipped him. We've had that privilege this morning of coming together to remembering him in his own appointed way. Here we have open hearts. They opened their hearts to him. And we find there that they worshipped. In verse number 53, It says they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Praising and blessing God. Open lips. So it's a chapter of open things and I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, have seen uh, these open things in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Open sepulcher. Open scriptures. Open dwelling. Open eyes. He opened their eyes, open understanding. He opened his hands in blessing. The open heaven that took him back again to uh, the Father. The open hearts, they worshipped him. The wise men in Matthew 2 and 2, it says, they brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And you know, the bitterness and the sufferings and the sacrifice, all that was over. And here we, they worshipped him. Forty days they saw him. And forty nights. The number of probation. Forty days and forty nights. What a wonderful experience the disciples had when they 
uh, saw the Lord. Open lips. They praised him. Couldn't help but think, you know, the, uh, when the Lord, uh, in chapter 24, when the, the ladies uh, met with the Lord, uh, he said, go and tell my brethren, and I will meet them in Galilee. I don't know if you've sat down to think that from Jerusalem to Galilee, there must have been about 60 miles. 60 miles. Those ladies had traveled the whole way down to Jerusalem with the Lord for 60 miles. Now they're making their way back again. How long would it take them? The valleys, the dust, no buses, no means of conveyance except mules, perhaps. So they make their way back to Galilee. But then we find them in Bethany. 60 miles down, Bethany is just outside Jerusalem. I often wonder how much time it took them to get up to Galilee, 60 miles. Come back down to Jerusalem, to Bethany, these disciples, to be blessed. You know, I was thinking of some of the cities in the life of the Lord. Christmas time, we think of Bethlehem, the house of bread, place of his birth, his nativity. And one of the cities that stands out in his life was Nazareth, where he learned the trade of a carpenter and worked in Joseph's shop, and I'm sure made tremendous uh, furniture in that day. Nazareth means the guarded one. There we see the place of his boyhood, place of his humility. Bethlehem was the place of his nativity. Jerusalem was a place of his agony. It was the place where he was rejected by the Sanhedrin, the council. And it was there that the Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees rejected him. Some of them were at the cross. Some were still mocking him at the cross, even having crucified him. Then there was Capernaum. It says of Capernaum, Capernaum means the village of comfort. And I believe that during his public ministry, it was in Capernaum that he manifested many of his miracles in Capernaum. It was the city where uh, Matthew or Levi was called from. It was the city where the brothers Simon, Peter and Andrew lived. No doubt the Lord visited Simon Peter's house, especially on that occasion when his mother-in-law was ill. So Peter and Andrew belonged to Capernaum. And we find that the Lord Jesus spent many, many many, uh, days in Capernaum. 
And of course, in Matthew chapter 11, we read of that city. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted into heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. The day of judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah. When you compare Capernaum with Sodom, it makes us think. Degrees of judgment for those who were responsible for rejecting his power, rejecting the fact that he performed so many miracles. So there was Bethlehem, the house of his nativity. Bethlehem, Nazareth, the place of his humility. Jerusalem, the place of his agony. Capernaum. It says it was his own city. So he must have moved from Nazareth to Capernaum, his own city. And it was there was the place of most of his ministry. But in Bethany, that was a place where he had the most sympathy. There was an open door in Bethany. I often think of Martha's house. Martha possibly owned the house. It must have been a large one. Can you imagine 12 big, strong fishermen coming to lodge there with the Lord? And I often wonder, is it any wonder that Martha said about Mary, Lord, speak to my sister. And the Lord said to Martha there at Cumberd, about many things, Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. It was the place of his lodging. I don't, I've never been to Jerusalem. Some of you might have been. I'm told that it's a Sabbath day's journey, about two miles or something like that, uh, to Bethany. But it was the place of blessing, place of his lodging. It was the place of his anointing. And that's where Lazarus was raised from the dead, in Bethany. So it was a place of feasting, John chapter 12. And it was the place where the Lord Jesus left his disciples and went back to heaven. Here we have it at the end of Luke chapter 24. It says, it came to pass, uh, he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. It says, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And so commenced the great missionary effort from Jerusalem into Judea, Samaria, and we are very thankful that it has reached the uttermost parts of the world. What a pleasure and privilege has been ours to be in one of the uttermost parts of the Amazon. Souls have been saved and we would 
just in closing, would like to ask you to continue to pray that we might even see some blessing during our little stay this time down in Brazil. Bethlehem, his nativity. Nazareth, place of his boyhood, his humility. Jerusalem, place of bloodshed and his agony. Capernaum, the place of his ministry. Bethany, the place of blessing and where he had sympathy. And it was from the Mount of Olives, it was from Bethany that he was taken up. What a wonderful hope we have this evening. This morning, we're still morning, I think, afternoon. And uh, as we think about the conditions that surround us, so much to depress us, we must keep looking up and listening for the shout. Because this same Jesus shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. May the Lord give us help to meditate on these things and lift up our eyes and wait for his soon return. I do want to thank you for listening and I do trust that these few scattered thoughts might provoke maybe some further study as far as uh, the scriptures are concerned. It's just recently I have been thinking about this chapter and I've been thinking how these uh, folks were so taken up with presumption and it brought a lot of pain to them and problems that don't even exist. We need to take lessons, I believe, from Luke, from the two away to Emmaus, And look upward, because the Lord Jesus is alive and he's coming back again. May the Lord bless his word this morning. Thank you. We'll have a word of prayer before we close. Our Father, we bow in thy presence once again to thank thee for the assembly here. And we ask thy blessing upon each one, each family represented this morning. We think of those who could not be with us, those who are sorrowing, those who are suffering, those who are in hospital, and those who, because of infirmity, cannot be with us. We pray thy blessing upon each one. We think of the many, our Father, who have gone to be with the Lord, and one day we'll be reunited with them, that the We know that when the Lord Jesus comes back again, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be changed and caught up together to be with the Lord. We want to thank thee, our Father, this morning for another opportunity that we've had of sitting down and remembering the one who remembered us. We thank thee once again for his sacrifice for all that he means to each one of us. And we pray, our Father, for the families of thy people too, that we might see an ingathering of precious souls in these last and closing days. We pray for the assembly here, and as the days grow darker around, we pray, our Father, that the light of the testimony might shine that much brighter. So we return thanks for our coming together once again, and have asked for thy help as we 
face another month and another uh, week. We pray, our Father, that thy blessing might be upon each one of us. And may we know thy presence as the two in the road to Emmaus did, that our hearts might burn within us. We return thanks again and ask for thy blessing as we part. In the worthy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.